Quite often, when I was living down right beside the Mourns on Rathra Island, I would head out with friends for a bit of a hike in the Mourns. And lots of you will have been down in that part of the world. And sometimes, if you're walking in the Mourns, you're not on a proper path. You're just walking across the open countryside, and you're trying to find the quickest but also the easiest way to get to the top of one of the peaks. And so often when I used to do that, I'd be walking and looking ahead and going up and up, and I would think, brilliant, the summit is right in front of me, about 50 meters to go, and I've got to the top of this mountain. But of course, you got to the rise, I looked over, and it was a false summit. I thought I was near the top, and then it all opened up in front of me, and I realized, no, not 50 meters. You've got about another half an hour at least before you get to the top of this mountain. And each time I would arrive at a false summit like that, there was that wave of discouragement, that sense of disappointment about what still lay ahead. But it's not just when we're hiking in mountains that that wave of discouragement passes across us and we feel that sense of disappointment in life nearly every week. We think that we are getting to the end of a problem. We think that we're coming out the other side of something that's going on in our life, only to find that there's another problem that lies straight ahead. Circumstances that we find ourselves in, people who annoy us or or people who are hurtful to us, difficulties that we find ourselves living through. And it all can leave us feeling so discouraged. Well, today, I want you to think about Joseph, this man who we've been thinking about over the last number of weeks. I want you to think about what it was like for Joseph at various points in his life, as we have heard about him so far, but especially try and put yourself into Joseph's shoes, into his position here as we meet him at the beginning of Genesis chapter 40. Because by the time Joseph reached his early 20s, he had already experienced enough disappointments and discouragements to last many of us a lifetime. And today, by looking at the way in which he handled all of this disappointment, the way in which he lived through discouragements in a godly way, he has something really important and special to teach us. And we need to learn this because discouragement is common to us all. So, it's well worth hearing what God's Word has to say today. And when you look at the story of Joseph, you see that he had really good reasons to feel discouragement. Specifically here in chapter 40, he would have been discouraged because of his unpleasant environment. In verse 15, if you look at chapter 40 with me again, Joseph describes the prison as being a dungeon. And the word that is used there, it really means a hole. Now, I've only been in prison once, and that was to visit, by the way, not to stay. But I can honestly say that it was one of the worst experiences of my life. That was to visit someone. 
and I hated every single moment of it. When I got back out into the car, I was so glad to be out on the road again, and I thought, I never, ever want to step into that place again. And that was what would have been described as a modern state-of-the-art prison. Imagine what it was like for Joseph in this hole, in this dungeon. Now, thankfully today, none of us have come from a dungeon to spend time here in church, but it could be that you're experiencing real discouragement in your life right now because of your environment. In other words, because of where you spend your day, where you live, or where you work. Some of you will find yourself in a really difficult workplace. You're working with someone who, for whatever reason, has it in for you, and they're making your life a misery so that when you get to Sunday night and you contemplate the week that lies ahead, you get that feeling in your stomach and you think, not another week in that place. And sadly, maybe for some of you here today, that is the feeling that you have every single day. Because for you, that unpleasant environment is your home, a bullying or controlling person, someone who you feel disappointed in, someone who in their anger about life is taking it out on you each and every day. And that's bound to be tough. And maybe for some people here today, the unpleasant environment that you spend your time in, whether that's at home or in work or in school or in college, it kind of leaves you feeling that you are existing rather than living. It's just a slog to get through another day or another week. And imagine what it was like for Joseph as he languished in a prison, a victim of injustice. That's the next reason why Joseph could have felt so discouraged, the unfair treatment that he'd received in life. Few people would have had more cause than Joseph to say, life's just not fair. He'd been mistreated by his brothers. He'd been falsely accused by his employer's wife, and then his employer sided with his wife and condemned him unjustly. And we know that injustice is a great source of discouragement in life. None of us likes to be treated unfairly. And when it happens, we tend to put our head down and feel so disappointed. And that's the other reason that Joseph had to feel great discouragement in his life, the unending disappointment that he seemed to encounter in life. We know that the odd disappointment can be discouraging, but we, we get through it, and, and we, we shake ourselves down, and we get on with life, but constant disappointment in life can begin to grind you down. And just think about how it was for Joseph by the time that we get to these events here in Genesis chapter 40. He's lying in a prison cell because he did the right thing. And it must have seemed to him that being good led to no reward whatsoever. And that's a common theme in the Psalms. 
When you read many of the psalmists, they cry out to God, why is it, Lord, that the righteous seem to get it so tough? And yet those who are wicked, they're the ones that are getting on in life. They're the ones who seem to succeed and are doing okay, and life is good for them. Joseph had every reason to be disappointed. He had good reason to be disappointed with people because his experience in life was that people let you down. So that the cupbearer in this chapter gets Joseph's help interpreting his dream. And look at what Joseph says to him in verse 14. He sees a great opportunity. In verse 14, when all goes well with you, because he was sure that that would be the case, he knew that his interpretation of the dream was correct. He said, when all goes well with you, remember me and show me kindness. Mention me to Pharaoh and get me out of this prison. Joseph sees a ray of light. But then there's the crushing disappointment of the closing verse in this chapter. Look at that verse again, verse 23. And it's reinforced by the narrator the way he writes it. The chief cupbearer, however, did not remember Joseph. And then just to, to really kind of rub it in, he forgot him. And at that point in the story, Joseph doesn't even realize this yet. We can see this. And it's only after time that Joseph begins to realize one day goes into another day, a week goes into another week, and he's still there languishing in prison, no word, and that dawning realization in Joseph's life. I've been forgotten about again. I've been let down again. And here's a Bible truth that we all need to know, and I suspect you know this already. In life, people will let you down so that if you pin all of your hopes on people always being there for you, if you pin all of your hopes in people treating you in the right kind of way, I'm sorry, you will end up disappointed. And that's because other people are just like you and me. They're sinful. They mess up as we mess up. And for you and for me, disappointment with those around us can lead to major discouragement, especially if we feel that we have tried to help someone and that somehow that has gone unappreciated. You know how discouraging that is. And just to, to turn this around for a moment before we move on, think about how it is for those of us who call upon the Lord Jesus, who profess to be followers of Christ. When we let down someone and they know we are a Christian, it impacts not only what they think of us, but what they think of God. There is such a calling for those here today, who profess faith in Christ to be a good witness and to treat people in the right kind of way. Joseph had every reason to be disappointed with people, but here's the big question. Did that lead to disappointment with God? 
Because how could the discouragements and the disappointments that he had lived through not affect him spiritually? Was there disappointment with God? Well, I want you to see Joseph's reaction to the discouragements that he had, because it has something amazing to teach us today. And his reaction could have been resentment. That's sometimes how we react to disappointment and discouragement. We become resentful, and resentment is a really toxic emotion when you think about it, because it multiplies, and it gets worse and worse. And the problem is, we not only begin to resent that person, sometimes you can see people, and they just resent everyone and everything. And there's nothing good about that. Or sometimes our reaction to discouragement is self-pity. And it's so understandable, but it's also highly dangerous because it's a paralyzing emotion, and it just leads to a vicious circle in our life. We'll consider for a moment Joseph's reactions to discouragement, because what they show us is that he never, ever lost his focus on the Lord. What did he do in the midst of discouragement here in the prison? Well, first of all, he helped others. He had this concern for people around him, so that when he meets his fellow prisoners in verse 7, his question is, why are your faces so sad today? What's wrong? What's the matter? And when you think about it, that is an incredible question, because you would expect Joseph at this moment in his life to be so self-absorbed, to be so caught up in his own problems that he would have absolutely no thought for others. And we can be just like that. And yet, instead, he notices the distress of others, and he finds out what's wrong. But there's not only that concern for others, also we see in Joseph a commitment to helping others. So, that he goes on to say in verse 8, tell me your dreams. It's not just, oh, well, I'm sorry to hear that. Well, how can I help tell me your dreams, an act of concern. And one of the ways the Lord can enable us to deal with discouragement is not just by putting people into our lives who are encouraging, but also putting people our way in need of our help. Because as we begin to help them, and care for them. It gives us great perspective. It's like when I visit people in hospital, and so often I go to see someone, and they're sick. They're really in need of healing. But so often they say, you know, I'm so thankful. I look at these people around me, and I realize that it's not so bad for me after all. Joseph, in the midst of discouragement, did not just think about himself, he helped others. But then, the, the, the second thing is that he held on to his belief that God is sovereign. He never lost sight of this crucial truth in the Bible, so that when the cupbearer and the baker tried to make sense of their dreams, Joseph was quick to point them in the direction of God. He was quick to say to them, well, look, Dreams like this come from God, 
and He alone can help you understand what they're all about. He didn't put the focus on Himself. Hey, look at this talent that I have. The focus was placed on His God. Verse 8, do not interpretations belong to God. And in circumstances like those that Joseph was living through, it's so easy and it is so tempting to leave God out of the equation, to conclude, well, God's abandoned me. God doesn't care about me. Why should I care about Him and have anything to do with God? But Joseph never fell into that trap. And the other thing is that he held on to godly standards. Now, remember what happened in Potiphar's house back in the previous chapter, chapter 39, where Joseph showed that he was a man of principle, that he would do the right thing even if that landed him in trouble and the outcome wasn't good for him. And here he is in a prison and in such tough circumstances. He could have abandoned that. He could have said, well, what was the point in me? trying to do the right thing when this is how it ended up. Look at where I am. But Joseph proves that he is committed to God's Word and to God's standards by the truthful way that he interprets this dream. It's a truth that is hard to handle, but the, the chief baker comes with this strange dream, and Joseph tells him the whole truth. Look at verses 18 and 19. This is what it means. Joseph said, the three baskets are three days, and then the bad news, within three days, Pharaoh will lift off your head and hang you on a tree, and the birds will eat away your flesh. And just as a sideline, Joseph would not be well received these days, would he, in our society? He, he speaks the truth, but he does it out of concern. He does it to give a warning. Joseph could have been so tempted to abandon his concern for others, to abandon any thought of God, any effort to live by God's standards as he was battered by discouragements in his life, but he dealt with discouragement in a godly way. So, as we finish off, very briefly, how can we deal with discouragement? Well, we certainly don't do it in our own efforts. We end today with gospel hope. God has given to people great, great gifts. He has given us great resources that help us to deal with discouragement. And that, of course, begins with His Son, His precious Son, Jesus, who He sent to be our Savior. And we need to understand the kind of Savior that Jesus is. He tells us in Matthew 11, verse 28, that, that gracious invitation. He says, "'Come to me, all you who are weary and burdened, and I will give you rest. Take my yoke upon you and learn from me.'" And what does He say? "'For I am gentle.'" and humble in heart, and you will find rest for your souls. For my yoke is easy, and my burden is light. That's the kind of Savior that I invite people to come 
and place your trust in today, a, a gentle Savior. But then God has given us His Word, and there is great comfort in Scriptures. We think of what Paul says in Romans 15, verse 4. He tells us, for everything that was written in the past, and there he's referring to the Hebrew Bible, to the Scriptures, was written to teach us so that through endurance and the encouragement of the Scriptures, we might have hope. And people will only take that comfort, will only find that encouragement if we read God's Word, if it's part of our life, is it? And God promises His Holy Spirit to His people. We think of how we so often end our service here, those words based on 2 Corinthians 13, 14, may the grace of the Lord Jesus Christ and the love of God and the fellowship of the Holy Spirit, His presence with you day by day, be with you all. And it's the Spirit who reminds us of God's promises. And finally, He helps us to deal with discouragement by giving us His church. The benefit of being with other believers in Christ so that the writer to the Hebrews urges the believers that he is writing to in Hebrews 10 verse 24, let us consider how we may, may spur one another on towards love and good deeds. And he continues in Hebrews 10 25, let us not give up meeting together as some are in the habit of doing, but let us encourage one another and all the more as you see the day approach not just sporadic coming and going from church, but week in, week out involvement in the life of the fellowship here in Connor. What wonderful resources for us to deal with discouragement. As we look to the Savior, I pray that we will deal with discouragement like Joseph in a godly way, in a way that points to the power of God at work in the lives of His people so that others will look on, they will see the difference, and it will lead to God's glory. Amen. And we 